What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Or the 30. To the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40, to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that 62-yard field goal attempt. It is good. Let's go. Eagles. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. That's it. Oh, the 30. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We call them the Salty Dogs. Hello, everyone out there in Buckland. Welcome to another episode of The Salty Dogs. Nice. You got the cue there. Okay, thank you. That was Jeff Ryan you just heard. Thank you very much. And I'm Scott Smith, and yes. we are the Salty Dogs. Yes. If you could envision this room right now, Jeff is to my right with all his little knobs next to him over there and um, controlling the board. Mm-hmm. And we're on one side of the table, and on the other side of the table is an empty chair yes. and another set of headphones in front yes. of it because... Rondé Barber, Barber is going to be coming in. Yes. Rondé's, uh, Rondé was our inaugural guest because we wanted to get this podcast off with a bang. Yep. Way back a year ago, more than a year ago, and he was great. But this is a special occasion because, you know, we're recording this on Tuesday, and, and he was here, and a lot of people were here, a lot mm, of his old teammates. It was great. To, uh, for the press conference to, uh, it, I mean, it's been announced, but to deal with the fact that he's going to be the next person inducted into the Ring of Honor. Yes, it was the official yeah, press conference, his initial reaction of being in. and uh, Him getting to talk about it. And if you... you I'm sure it's going to be uh, on Bucks.com that you can watch it again. You do want to watch it because the highlight video that starts it is very cool. Give you chills, right? You can imagine one particular play that's mm. in there. <laughs> it, it still We're gets talk me. About that. Yes, yes. We're going to talk about a couple things that he said in that press conference. Some a couple things that jumped out to me. And so um, stay tuned for sure. that. But for now, let's uh, let's talk about what's going on here. Today was the first day with the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, it was a different day, and and. You, it sounds cliche, but it's totally true. When you do these joint practices, the, the intensity definitely goes up mm-hmm. by a lot. These guys cared a lot. I was watching the one-on-ones between the receivers and the DBs, and that's a, that's a big one. That's what I like to watch. You know, because there's not – except for a couple periods at the end, there's not a lot of live tackling. So, it's right. still, it's hard to say who's winning and losing. But one-on-ones, while they do favor the offense – um, you can tell when one guy or the other, one guy or the other, makes a really nice play. And we had a couple nice plays by the corners. You know, I was watching the offense, so okay. I'm glad you saw that. Yeah, uh, Hargraves again, again, every single I know, day. It, He's it, having an incredible yes. camp. Yes, it is. It's one of those, and it's that outstretch boom type thing. You know, nice. it's good. I was watching the offense, and and what you had on one end of the field was your typical receiver cornerback one-on-ones and then on the other side you had tight ends and running backs going against mm-hmm. like safeties and linebackers and <clears throat> the one-on-one started out perfectly with a deep ball to Mike Evans against their best corner Xavier Howard perfect throw from Jameis completion so that was awesome but I got to tell you those Miami cornerbacks did well they really did well mm-hmm. I was impressed I, I'm not going to we're not I'm not going to be a homer here and no. tell you everything went our way you right. know these are two talented rosters i know the dolphins are expected to be a little bit down this year and there are some areas on their roster which are probably not up to standards of most teams but they have a good secondary and uh, their corners their corners got their hands on a lot of footballs i will say though that we attempt it looked to me like we were trying a very high level of difficulty passes we didn't throw a lot of like 
three-step slants mm -hmm. or those those routes where you make a move at the line. If you get free, you cut inwards. You can't defend that right. in one-on-ones. Uh, we, there weren't a lot of those. There was a lot of downfield passes, a lot of deep outs, a lot of tough plays. So um, that maybe contributed to the fact that I saw more balls hit the ground in that drill than you would normally like to see. Mm -hmm. Now, on the other hand, on the other side, I thought our tight ends were phenomenal. And I, I don't know how good Miami's safeties and, and linebackers are, um, but they do have Mika Fitzpatrick. Sure, I was just going to say. Yeah, so Alabama drafted – I mean, that's Alabama. That's right. Miami drafted Mika Fitzpatrick in the first round. The Buccaneers drafted O.J. Howard in the first round. Yep. And on several occasions, they were going one-on-one -on -one today. And they do know each other then, so there <laughs> you go. And there was – in fact, you can see on the Bucks Twitter, they did capture one that I was tweeting about earlier where uh, it was some kind of – route that went towards the middle and then out to the left sideline. And it was a really, really good throw by Jameis because Minka Fitzpatrick was keeping up with O.J. step for step, and that's not easy no. to do. But he put it in a good spot, and O.J. fought for the ball. And despite Minka being pretty much right there, it was a really good play. O.J. and Cam looked phenomenal in that drill. Yeah, I, it's unfortunate that we have to do this on it. We're actually re doing this show on a Tuesday. Tomorrow's second day of with the Dolphins. We get to have more to talk about? Well, not only that, but usually that's when, you know, your first day, everybody kind of feels each other out, and then the second day, a little more intense. <laughs> well, they better be careful because Bruce isn't putting up. Oh, I know. What, well, the, all head coaches say I'm not putting up with any of that, but it always happens. Well, yeah, but there's two ways. It happens, and then it, get, it escalates, and there's more bad blood, or mm -hmm. it happens, and the coach says, you guys are out of here. Well, there's that. And that's what Bruce said he would do. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have to see it today. Oh, that's good. Then. I heard there was one moment when um, young lineman, I think it was David Kinney, uh, somebody took a swing at him, and he just turned around and walked away, which was pretty darn smart. So, uh, you know, if coaches are watching, yeah. you think that kid has a, well, a level head on his shoulder. They're always watching. Someone's watching. The, they yeah, had, they'll they watch had, the film later. Well, they have six eyes in the sky. <laughs> and the good news was uh, managed to get almost all the practice done outdoors had to go inside you know it's funny because there's a lightning alarm on the back of this yes. building and when it goes off you are required to go inside mm -hmm. and then i think it's 30 minutes if it doesn't go off again mm -hmm. anything i think in six of uh, a lightning strike within six miles i'm sur i wonder what team and it's obviously a good thing to have it but let's just envision if we didn't have that we probably just would have kept practicing outside, right? Because there wasn't any strikes well, right Well, you know, about us. 10 years ago or so, you know, when before you had all the, the radar and everything on a phone, and yeah, you would just kind of go, well, it looks clear here. We're yeah, good. And you don't see the lightning strike. That's the thing. You're, it's not like you have to no, like see today, it. No, like today, I yes. didn't see it. The, mm -hmm. Whatever set it off, I didn't see it. So, yeah, if lightning strikes right around the field or somewhere where everybody sees it and hears the big crack, yeah, then you remember people, people bolted. Yes. The players bolted off the field. Yeah, and you, weren't, and you weren't waiting for the horn to say, get out of here. <laughs> I think today... Because there was the, the lightning alarm went off and everybody went inside. Yep. But then it, I think there was just a tiny bit of rain. I didn't see any yes. other lightning. We would have just practiced through it. Right. And then it was gone. Ah, and, the good old days. Yeah. When we put ourselves in danger because yeah. that's the way it was. We were we manly it. men with hard, firm <laughs> handshakes back then, my friend. And it's not like those guys are wearing like metal helmets yeah, or anything. Or cleats like that, or anything. Or cleats, yeah. yeah. But, but the thing is that um, I thought it was pretty cool how the indoor facility, the doors opened. And you had 180 players plus, I don't know how many coaches on both sides, video people, trainers. Got moving, in smoothly. Got in smoothly and quickly. And I thought it was really pretty cool because I was about five minutes after uh, the team went in. 
And uh, when I walked in, I was shocked to see how many fans were already in. They got in quickly. So too. the evacuation situation, how they do it, it seems to be working really well. It was really very, well. very smooth, and yes. it allowed them to get the full practice in, which was great. They did every mm -hmm. period they were going to do, uh, and only like the last two had to be inside plus kicking. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a testament to two things. One, that's a great building. Yes. I swear this is true. I'm not. I was walking in right in front of some guys from Miami, and they weren't team guys i think they were media mm -hmm. but they were they were saying like look at this building this this look at this compared to the and they said this i swear they said yeah, i the know piece of the crap I, the dolphins I, and, and and like this is a great building what makes it a cool building is that it's football functional plus you can put fans in to be able to watch yeah. it and a lot of times an indoor is just football right field which with a sideline which is that's what it's for no question yeah, yeah. which is which is you're right that's what it's for but it is a cool situation there was the way foresight this put into this one mm -hmm. and then the second thing was the two coaching staffs had gotten together last night and gone through a plan this is what we're going to do mm -hmm. if we're outside the whole time if we're forced to go inside this is what we're, we're going to do so when the alarm went off everybody knew they had to go in there was no confusion right you didn't have to get to you didn't have to get bruce arians and brian flores together and say well how do you want to handle yeah. this everybody knew exactly what to do so that's good and i'm not saying every every no. coaching staff in right. would have done that but they they do have to put that kind of planning ahead and and you know they only have two and a half hours on the field so they have to make use of their time they don't get it a rain delay you got to right. keep going so yeah. uh, it would have been a weird situation if we hadn't had that indoor because where would all the dolphins gone while we were waiting to go back on the field after the after the rain delay or would they have just I, gone home they'd went in the water they're dolphins <laughs> God, i knew you would like that one. got some dad humor here <laughs> I knew you'd appreciate that. Well, you set it up on a team. I I think you did that on purpose. Right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started on. Points. I know you're very you good at that. It. You're very very good at this. I won't. Dolphins are mammals. I, I was just gonna say <laughs> yes. I, I you beat me too, and I was about to say that. Uh, okay, so practice today. I think I pointed yep. out the good parts. You did. Um, we also had a very nice. I, I, I'm not. I'm going to say that we had a very nice um, end of it, or two-point plays and stuff in the red zone. There was a nice stretch right at the end where, where Jameis and the offense did very well. I, I will admit it wasn't that um, it wasn't that smooth the whole way. So mm. don't make don't no. don't make don't think that I'm trying to tell you the Buccaneers won the practice and everything was smooth. Yeah. But at the end there was a nice period. There was a series of two-minute drills. Uh, right before we went inside, uh, and it was our ones against their ones, and then flip offense and defense, and then the twos. You're about to say something? Yeah, keep going when you're done. No, I didn't think any of those drives were very good at all for either side. Dolphins went first. They're ones. They did manage to go down and get kick a field goal, which is a little weird because the script said they had to have a touchdown. The score was 14-10, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> maybe they were working off a different script. But uh, there wasn't any big plays on that. They kept getting into like third and 10, and then Fitz would throw like mm -hmm. an 11 yard out, and we barely just were. And, you know, the officials are kind of vaguely spotting the ball. And I was right. like, and there was another one where it looked like it was a pretty clear yeah. sack by Noah Spence, you know, but he, he can't actually sack him, yeah. so he has to pull off and then right. continue the play. So despite the fact that Miami moved down, I thought our defense was fine there, although Kevin Ross, the corners coach, was yelling at his guys, get off the field, get off the field. Uh, then their, their defense stopped our – in fact, I think they got an interception to stop our first drive, and then our second-team defense just completely shut down Josh Rosen and the second-team offense, and then they were doing the flip side of that – when the alarm went off and kind of cut it short. So you were going to say? Well, what I was going to say, you brought up Fitz, and Ryan Fitzpatrick spoke to yeah. the media, and you talk about, you know, who won and who didn't win, and, you know, he made an interesting comment about 
that they will have because they're practicing against another team and because they're practicing against a Todd Bowles uh, right. defense right. that they will have a lot of things to talk about tonight yeah. and look at because when you practice against your point. when you practice against your own team you have a tendency to see where they're moving and what's going on and now they're getting a different view you get into a habit of checking down here and there and I thought that's why teams it was kind of like yeah. okay two teams get together it's not so much what's done on the field but it's what they get on tape to look at better educate the players right so ryan says, not only for this game but so ryan says we got stuff to talk about so you can envision them going in a meeting and saying okay we had not seen anybody blitz take their middle linebacker and have him stun around the outside and blitz and that killed us and that did happen one time with yes. Devin white and now they can look at that and go well now we we know we know we know we have to be prepared there that for that so what are we going to do and then when they see it in the regular season at least they have a plan i've seen mm-hmm. it before but so it all right. right right so it it I, I players will say they they enjoy it they they like they do, it yeah. and I I like it I I personally I like it when we go visit somewhere then then it's here you I, like it better yeah when we go somewhere it's less work for us we just invade their place in the yeah we invade their place and it's more <laughs> of um, you you uh, for me personally it's I can see more of practice than okay. when we're here because I have so many other things going on at the right. same time it's all about you yeah it is yes. and it's about time you learn that after a year. <laughs> So, should we talk about the game a little bit? Because there was a game between our last podcast. Yeah, I thought the first drive was absolutely terrific, and I thought Bruce Arians is um, uh, very honest, straightforward, and no-fluff kind of guy. We asked him during the broadcast how that first drive went. Got to be happy with that. And his reply was, yes, I am, but it should have been because we are going against their second stringers, and that's what I expected. No, that was the D. No, that was... was the the uh, the first drive of the touch our touchdown the first series of the of the game. I think their defense they had wasn't their fr- number ones in there. They had number ones on. Mm-mm. They had number they had a number two offense on the field. No, he was talking about our touchdown drive. We're gonna have to. Agree I to, can. We're gonna have to agree to. I can pull the tape. Is Devin Bush not a starter for them? Because I saw. Yes. Yes. Okay. He but, was on the field. Yeah, but I'm saying he said the majority of it. So he was not. He was pleased with the drive, but he wasn't. He, well, that's he was good. like, I yeah. expected it because they had a lot of their seconds out. That's I'll def- rephrase it that way. They had a lot of their seconds okay. out. That's definitely the case. With the- Which I was surprised about that he would say that. But we do have the tape well, on it. Yeah, he's a maybe in post production. Maybe in post production, I'll pull that. And- <laughs> well, he, in his post game, he said the opposite. He said that our defense looked good, but they should because they were playing against the second string, which okay. was true. Ben wasn't out there. Their starting receivers were most of their right, offensive right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, in any case, it was still encouraging, and what I was particularly encouraged by was the play of the offensive line, which is important for us. Uh, there wasn't a lot of pressure on Jameis, and then the, the running backs had reasonably sized holes that you could see, mm-hmm. and they were, they were getting past line scrimmage before they had to worry about a tackler, which right. is important. You know, now they can make one move. I think Peyton Barber in particular is a one-cut runner. He's got a nice quick cut. He's not going to get out in the open field and make a bunch of Barry Sanders moves. Mm-hmm. But if you give him that first lane, and so now he's got a head of steam, he's coming up on the first linebacker or whatever potential tackler, and he can make one cut and get past that guy, get 10 yards, which happened, uh, That that's going to maximize what we can do. I thought Ronald Jones looked uh, – He did. He, I mean, considering what we were looking at last year and, <laughs> and this year, uh, I think – you know, sometimes it does take a a change of scenery, and he didn't have to make the change. He's here, different different um, voices in his head, 
so to speak, saying this is what you need to do, this is how you need to do it. Um, it's interesting that they keep saying that he's maturing. Yes, and, and running backs coach Todd McNair was saying that a lot of these guys have to learn what, what it means to be a professional. And, and that's not an insult. They mm. just have to learn what it takes on a day-to-day basis to be professional and then to be able to play against all these other players in the league who are already taking a professional approach to it. Yeah, you were the elite guy in school, and now everybody's an elite yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's that take is. take work and study. And he, he's. I think Ron Jones is one of the best stories of training camp. I think Vernon Hargraves is probably the star of mm-hmm. camp so far, but Ron Jones is the most improved guy. Yeah. I, I think we talked about that last week. Yeah, well, even but then seeing him in a game, he looked improved against yeah. just in practice. But So in this second game, what I'd like to see is some plays by the young young guys in the secondary. Yes. Because they there wasn't a lot of that yet. No, there were there were some deep balls thrown. And there was uh and there was uh there was an interception by Vernon Hargraves, which he didn't do anything wrong in the play. It was called back on a penalty mm-hmm. at the line when Noah Spence had hands in the face of somebody. Yes. So uh it, it's just a continuation of what Vernon's been doing. And that really burned Bruce Arians. He was He's, not he brings ha- that up a lot. And I figure well he said it a number of different ways or different times that if you're making mental mistakes, he cannot toler- He will not tolerate the mental mistakes. Yeah. If you make one, yeah. okay, but if you're making five a game, we're going to find someone else. Find somebody else. And so I think the mental aspect, maybe that's the one thing you can control. Yeah, for sure, to some extent. I, I mean, mean, as a player. Some guys are going to be better at it than yeah. others. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you need to – you know, I don't know. You talk about I – I didn't see the, the replay of Noah's hands to the face, really. Right. Some, some of those things can be – a mental error because you should know better than get your hands up there. And then sometimes I feel like it's just accidental. It just happens, yeah. Bodies move, I, hands slide, and all of a sudden your hands on his chin, and the ref happens to be looking right at you at that moment. I will say that I like that Bruce was going for two-point conversion so he wouldn't have to end up in a tie. And then it almost backfired. <laughs> I, at the I, I, Full disclosure. <laughs> full disclosure. Three and a half hours. I was ready to call it quits. Oh, yeah. Nobody wanted that play to be made. I mean, the players did, but we didn't. Actually, if you go back to the tape, I think when we scored, I think you hear me go, no, <laughs> <laughs> because Dave and Gene turned around and looked That's funny. Only because, you know, it's 11-something. It's a preseason you game. You still have a long flight home. Well, yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're doing the math. And so mm-hmm. um, new okay. rule, new rule. I say preseason games can only be three hours long. Wherever, Ooh, that's where, wherever you are in that three-hour period, that's funny. you're sometimes, done. Sometimes when you're playing Little League Baseball and you're mm-hmm. in the tournament, they have what are, that's what's called like a hard time limit. So right. usually in a baseball game, in, a pre, in Little League or something, you have a two-hour time limit, but if an inning has started, you finish it. Mm-hmm. But no, sometimes in the playoffs, you have a hard two-hour limit, and so the game will end mm-hmm. no matter what is happening. If you're to have the tying run on third and nobody right. out, too bad. Ooh, game's that's over. Hard. That's so hard. that would be some situations like that in a three-hour game. Where <laughs> well, I'm saying for preseason. Uh, no, it doesn't know, matter. And I no. agree. I no. agree. Hey, look, go two and a half, and I I'll mean, support you. Two and a half hours. And I, and I will say – Two th- hours. I, I will also say that for the small uh, – I'm. you're going to probably say it, the the smallest the small amount of people in the stands – By the end of the game. By the end of the game, the noise they were making – 
was unbelievable. <laughs> I don't know if it's, it's the way that stadium's built, huh. but it, yeah. it was. It, if you go back and look at that or listen to the last play, you, you would think the place was packed the way they were banging. But That's it was cool. good. It was so very yeah, cool. they'll, they'll never do your three-hour proposal, even though I'm fully no. fully on board. You finally agreed with me. Yes, yes. but they would. But I, they could easily say there's no overtime in the preseason. Yes, and I'm kind of surprised they haven't done that yeah. yet. Because what's the point? So yeah. in that situation, you're down 30 to 28, and you're the coach. You got to go you, for it. You, you can't just kick no. the field goal because yeah. you tell your players going in the game we're yeah. trying to win. Yeah, but no. you, nobody secretly wants to go and, to overtime anyway. And though. it's also a good game day situation. Right. We're going to go ahead and do yep. it. Where yep. and and we almost forgot, and we're. I mean, it doesn't matter how long we run. Um, the 55 yard field goal. Oh yeah, we got to talk about that. I mean. That that I believe it tied a record in Heinz Field for a, a longest field goal. That's what I heard. I that's never what got we, to verify it. Yeah, well, any preseason or regular. Season yeah, that's what we heard too. Because it's notoriously a tough place to kick long field goals. I guess because of the way it sits on the river okay. and the wind blow, and it's open. It's an open end. You all right? <laughs> he just. I have a drinking. He's problem. just learning how to drink here. He missed his mouth. Shocking. <laughs> um, Some of it went in. Yeah, I know it did, but it also down your shirt. shirt. It looks very. Very nice. I'm that's, I'm tweeting this that's out. That's why I'm doing podcasts. <laughs> the first right Jeff now. Ryan tweet, Scott Smith <laughs> dribbles on himself. <laughs> um the ice shifted. Yes, I understand. The but but the way but this, back to the kicker. Yeah, back to the kicker. And I the, iced myself as yeah. we're icing the kicker. <laughs> Damn, I should have used that. Ah, man. They didn't ice him, did they? No, they didn't. I nope. guess preseason. They probably would have a rookie kicker at the end of the yeah. regulation of that first half. But I'll tell you, it could have gone further than 55 yards. He destroyed it. Unbelievable. Straight down the middle, right? Yes. I mean, I love it. Yes. We've been saying that, how much we love watching him do it. I hear, but he's got to do it in a game. Well, not only that, but you you can do the long ones, but you also got to make the short ones, and you got to make extra points. Yeah, well, we'll find out. Cairo and made the extra point. Yes. Yes. So that, and that's that. Yeah. Fine balance of, but he has a very powerful. Could you leg. keep two kickers on the roster? Don't answer that question. I won't because that uh, uh, spoiler alert. Okay, there's a question that we're going to get to in the third segment. I want to get the Ronde. Okay, yeah, let's do that. All I right. mean, Matt Gay's kick was awesome. It was one yeah. of the best things that happened in that game. So I'm going to keep an eye on. Put a bow on that. Exactly. Let's get Ronde in here, the newest cool. member of the Ring of Honor. The Salty Dogs. And we're back, and Jeff, we're really, really back this time. I know. Because we rounded to uh, our very first show. Who is our guest? Number 20. Rondé Barber. I like it. An old That's salty him right dog. There. An old salty dog. <laughs> At this point, he is a true salty dog. Yeah, he and, I, is. and I am definitely old. Uh, oh. <laughs> You're in the wrong room to be saying Yeah, that. really. Get out of here. <laughs> that, was, that was kind of a and, shot at both of y'all. And, and <laughs> received. Thank you, and thank you for target. coming. It was great having you on the show. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Ronnie was our very first guest because we want to start out with the big guns. And I guess it worked because we're still doing it like 5,000 episodes later. There you go. Something like 5,000. Yeah. Right? Oh, well, like in that, that case, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you do. Yes. Okay. So we, we've started out this year with getting a lot of our um, current players, helping, mm-hmm. helping our fans get sure. to know them. But we couldn't pass up this opportunity because today is the day just a little short while ago that wow. we had the press conference and Ronnie got to speak about the honor of being inducted into the Ring of Honor. So let's start there. Yeah. I mean, we heard what you had to say, and I know you've had to repeat it in a bunch of interviews yeah. since, but um, what this means to you, I, the part that really struck me is you said it was so important to you because it's this community and what that community means to Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Um, not leaving this community ever. Um, we, we, Me and my wife, Claudia, we've talked about it many times, you know, where do we want to be? five years from now, 10 years from now. I remember when the kids were younger, 
You know, we had delusions of moving to Virginia so they could go to school in Virginia, you know, in the same kind of environment that I grew up with. And then you realize that this community is me. I mean, now Mm -hmm. at this point, I've been here longer than any place in my life, um, um, which makes me old. (laughs) (laughs) But this community is fantastic. The things that we've been able to be involved in. Well, my wife, my wife worked for numerous charities here. Um, the, now, come bo- on, the let's, boards let's, that I've been on. Let's back yes. up a second. Let's back up a second. I knew his wife before I knew Oh, yeah. That is well, she's much more popular than and, <laughs> and Well, there's no question. And influential. Yes. And the interesting part, though, is she was in radio sales. Yeah. That's she, probably only interesting if you're in radio sales. Right? Yes, exactly. You know, I'm just going <laughs> to shut you off. So when he's talking about someone being in the community, she was in the community right. before yes. you. Right. Yes, she was. There's a power couple. See how I brought that back around? Yeah. I did. Right. I, see, I see what you did there. See, thank you. You were very good at your job. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't tell <laughs> Jeff Ryan, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. But yes, you, 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 you're, this community is important to you. And now to have your name up there on yeah. the facade of the stadium, yeah. it's, it's such a connection. It, it really is. It's like is. a concrete it connection. Really, it really is. And, um, you know, I'd be lying if I say I said I didn't want it. I wanted that. You know, I remember when they uh, made the uh, decision to, to start the Ring of Honor. Uh, I was still playing. Um, and it, it, I knew it was something that, I would want to be in someday. Um, and it obviously by that point I'd had a pretty successful, let's put quotes on that career. Um, um, and that I would be there someday, but it means a lot. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, love in this community for old Buccaneers. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I'm happy to be one, one of those. You know, I don't know if you remember this or not, but I'm going to bring it up last year. Uh, Buccaneers got a new locker room. It's a beautiful locker yeah. room. And in the locker room, they have put murals of every Ring of Honor person in there. And before the games, we have production meetings with the head coach, and Ronde and I were in there. And I, he looked up there, and I don't know if he realized he said it out loud <laughs> or what, but he goes, I want to be up there. Yeah. And I remember. Actually, I think I said, Where am I? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm, 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 I'm a looking. more salty way to put <laughs> it. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking, and I'm thinking. Wow, this really does mean a lot to him. Because you know how some guys go, well, you know, if it happens, it happens. It's out of my hand. You wanted it. No, I'm unapologetic about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, this, Where are you going to go on that one? You're going to go probably on the far near. He didn't answer me when yeah. I asked Brian. In the, in I'm the, trying to visualize yeah, it. I, I Where is blank? No, you go into the locker room. Oh, you're talking about the locker yeah, room. Yeah, I'm in at, the stadium at, wall. Yeah, at the stadium. No, it, in yeah. the stadium up on top of the wall. No, no, I know yeah, what you're talking all about. The yeah. Way, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. It's really know. cool. It, it, too bad more people can't see it, but it is very, very cool. So did you like that video at the beginning of the press conference? I did like that video. Me too. It made me want to put my helmet on uh, and go I play bet. again. It, I bet. So I was trying to figure out that that one clip towards the end. I, Brett Favre throws it, I think, mm-hmm. over the middle, and you intercepted. Kind of, was that the one where you had a broken hand? That, I had a broken left hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like a and, club. Yeah, right? and so I kind of caught the ball. It was coming in from my right so I had to catch it with my right hand. It, it, it's hard for you to visualize no, that on the radio. Oh, okay. The, the I, I'm listening to it on radio, but imagine a ball coming into your left hand and not being able to catch it with your left hand. <laughs> so I had to kind of body it and catch it with my right hand. But, yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's why Abby put that on there last because uh, it was – one of the greatest plays. I think it was that the only time I intercepted Brett Favre. I don't know about that. Yeah, I, that's probably not true. I don't. I don't. I don't know. But well, it was, you know, that was one of the good ones. And and, 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 and and to be honest with you, it typifies, if I'm bragging on myself, what kind of what I was as a player. You know, I, I you play 15 straight years without missing a game. You're going to play hurt, uh, and I was significantly hurt. I remember 
uh, the game, two games prior to that, or maybe even the game, it was the week before. I, I can't remember who we played, but I broke my hand, and uh, the doctor looked at it after the game and said, you put a cast on, you're going to uh, put a uh, plate in it, put a cast on it, probably be out for like three weeks. And I said, you got six days. Cause I'm, I'm playing on Sunday, and uh, you know he's like, oh, "Well, uh, okay." <laughs> and, uh, and I practiced on Wednesday with that thing, so I I was prepared to make a play with it, and that's kind of what I was my entire career. Do you have one of those finger NFL fingers that's going in the wrong direction? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Look at look at those. They're they're, they're all not crooked. so bad. They're well, not well, that's the one I noticed because I got the yeah. same thing. Right that's there. That's that one, but yours isn't from the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. That's about the only thing I have in common with Ronnie. <laughs> Would you do that change in the tire scale? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was flag football. Yeah. It really was flag. Uh, you know, it's funny that the uh, interception in Philadelphia, I don't care when I see it. Chills. Chills, and I can still feel myself watching you go down the field in the broadcast booth yeah. thinking, oh, my God, we're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean. Not, not only was it a great uh, personal moment, I think more than anything, I relate to it, and I tell people this all the time, I relate to it from a fan it's sitting at home in Tampa watching that moment. Mm -hmm. And they, I mean, they probably don't remember the rest of the game, to be honest they with you. They screamed their heads <laughs> off yeah, and lost their heads, consciousness. Jumped up, you know, started taking shots and, you know, <laughs> celebrating in any, any which way they could. But so. you know what it was? It was the yeah, new Philadelphia. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, I think well, you had to see that to see how dramatic that it was. was. I, yeah. I, he knows, look, but no, it was the big F you to Philadelphia. Well, I think you all know. Uh, the, the history there. Sure, yeah, because did. they kept the, killing the long killing history. You. Yeah. And when you look back in retrospect, it had to happen that way. Whether it was me or not that made the play, it had to happen that way. We had to beat Philly to mm -hmm. get to the Super Bowl. Um, and, you know, history will be kind to us because we did go up. That was a hard place to it win. Makes it makes a better story. That's it's sure. such a hard place to win. And it was the last game in the vet. Yeah. And that was the stumbling block. Yep. You have a great season. You go to Philadelphia. You're, you're the one who told me that, uh, I think, a couple of days ago that you asked uh, Derek Brooks if he chased Rondé down the field. And and weren't you the one who told me this? Mm -hmm. uh, but go ahead. And, and he said, no, he was gone. Yeah. He was like, I just stared up in the stand. I was yeah, watching, watching it. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I the think only we, person that did was Dwight Smith. Yeah. That we, yeah. Yeah, that's, we guessed that. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever I was talking to. Yeah. We, I, 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 think, I think most Buccaneer fans and most Buccaneer players were like looking at the stadium because – they're marching down the field, and everyone forgets they're marching down the field, and then they're screaming and yelling, yeah. and nothing, nothing. My nothing. favorite part is the pictures where it's looking down the Philly sideline because you ran right past yeah. them, and most of them are sitting there with arms crossed, looking glumly. But about twenty five percent of them are just staring off in the other direction. Yeah. Like, I'm not even going to watch, gonna watch this. it. I can't believe that just <laughs> yeah. happened. Because I mean, I mean, people, if you weren't around during that time. Philadelphia was just an Achilles heel. It really was. It was we had lost there earlier in the year. year yeah. You know, or you, or you know, you you we think we're going to be one place for a playoff game, and yep. something you didn't win. We didn't win that. We you didn't win that game, and then uh, ended up. We were supposed to have a bye week one year. Yeah, yeah. we agreed, Martin missed the kick. Yeah, I don't mean to call yeah. Martin out, but yeah, he missed missed the field goal and went from a bye week to on the road. Yeah, exactly right. And, and we remember it all. And yeah. then, in that crazy year where. I believe it was Tony's last year where we played Philadelphia the last regular season well, it was game. because it was delayed because of the yes. 9-11. Right. Yes. Good memory. Yes. Yeah, so we the game didn't mean anything. And no one played. Yes. Yeah. And nobody played. Exactly. 9 and 7. Yeah. Yep. 
we could beat the, I mean, we could talk about this yeah. Philly game forever. forever right? yeah. I don't think I'd get tired of it. One no. more thing, one more thing that I got out of your press conference a little while ago is you must have had people tell you or ask you at some point, were you just in a zone? Because you said, I wasn't in a zone. Mm-mm. Tell tell me what, repeat what you said. Or. I said it was, it was hyper-focused. Um, and I was just explaining this to some of the, uh, some of the other uh, the mm-hmm. TV people after the press conference. Like, hyper-focus and hypersensitivity, it's a real thing. Um, and because, because I was so prepared to do my job, mm-hmm. um, when it came to doing my job on that Sunday, it was all slow motion. Everything was slow motion because I had seen, I'd done, I'd seen the reps. I knew exactly what was going to come. It was exactly what, was, what plays they were going to try to beat me with. And then I made the point because I actually did go back and watch that 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 broadcast of that game. And if you listen to Troy Aikman, mm-hmm. especially because yep. that was Colin, him and Collinsworth did that game with Joe Buck, um, you can tell that the narrative of the day was for Philly to pick on Rondé Barber. I was the weak link in Philly's mind. And I don't know why they thought that. Um, I don't care why they thought that. It put me in a position to make a lot of plays. Um, and um, so they kept trying to go after me, and I kept making plays. You know? You'd think um, they would have learned. Well, not, not necessarily they learned. It was, it was their game plan. Um, you know, they thought they had an advantage in there. If there's one place we have an advantage, it's against Ronnie Barber. Well, Great. That didn't prove to be, <laughs> didn't prove to be I'm glad they went didn't down. Prove to be did the you, case. Did you but, but hold on, let me finish this sure, answer yeah. this question, this hypersensitivity question. So I went into that game knowing that we were only doing a, a few things. Like maybe we had five or six defenses up, a couple of blitzes. Um, but we had prepared for them so well, and we knew that offense so well that when I got certain looks, I knew what play was coming. I knew it. I just knew it. I, and, and so my preparation met the opportunity that presented itself on game day, and it was pretty easy to go make plays. Yeah. Do you think that the way you just described all that and the hyper-focus and all that is maybe just the definition of being in the zone? Could be. You put yourself in the it zone. It could be, it yeah. It just happen. Yeah. I mean, I, I can say this. There's been games where I definitely wasn't in that. You just weren't in that prepared. prepared. Um, and then you're relying on technique and, op- you know, you're, you know, you, some luck, you know, to come your way. Instincts. Uh, I, I, made that, uh, I made that point about the play where Monty wanted me to turn the ball back. And yeah. I said, no, we should spill it. And I said, no, we should. We should. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I knew that play was coming. I absolutely knew that play was coming. They were going to get in deuce formation with a tight end over there. And they were going to pull a guard around and. You know, I could easily just turn it back and let somebody come from inside out to make the play. But, like, if I spill this, this thing goes to the sideline. The runner never gets a chance to get vertical. He's just running sideways, and somebody's going to go make a play. And we had never shown it. And I cut underneath that guy, and he dropped the ball, and I was like, oh, touchdown. <laughs> it's, just, it's just what happened. But when you told this story earlier, you said you told Monty, why don't we spill it? And he said no. no. Yeah. So – you were going against orders there a little bit. If that, I, I, if that I, hadn't worked out, I, I Scott, <laughs> I had. You can ask anybody this. I had a lot of that a boy plays. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, that a boy? Yeah. <laughs> Don't do it again. But nice well, job. Well, no, now they no, did keep doing no, it that way. And then they, yeah. me and Derek both. I mean, there was a lot of those but, those instances where we did something. For for instance, like this is a great one. We called it the the B and B because in uh in uh um. Uh, our defense, when the the uh, S receiver motioned across the formation, most defenses in nickel just left the nickel back on that side of the ball. And so now the, you put your your will linebacker in disadvantage covering uh, playing zone over a wide receiver. Well, Derek and I just looked at, us, looked at each other one time and said, 
you go and I'll, and I'll switch over there. I'll go back. I'll, I'll stay on the weak side. You you run with the receiver and be on the strong side. And Monty was like, yeah, we're going to do that. <laughs> but, but, but you have to give credit to Monty for, for not being the That's type true. of coach yeah. saying, I don't care My what you way. see. No. This no, is no, what no. you. Well, yeah. it, it, it required. Yeah, we know who we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, requ- it, required, it required him to have to coach up the nickel to learn what was on the other side of the ball. And, uh, you know, that's when I talk about, you know, the preparation and doing the extra work and having a lot more on my plate than other players on the team. That was it. I had to learn a lot more uh, to be able to do little things Well, we like could that. we could sit here for a long yeah. time, but his publicist is giving me the evil eye my, right now. So we, <laughs> My publicist, Nelson Louise. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. my personal publicist yeah. today. Our, our VP of communications is looking at us going, I don't know why the salty dogs aren't letting them go. I keep getting uh, – Jeff, the stink eye. It's not changing. I know. Yeah, we've got him on. Yeah, there. we got Can him. we do one more question? Yes, we're going to do one more. Because I, thought, I didn't know if we would have enough to talk about um, just on the Ring of Honor stuff, and then I didn't realize we could talk about the Philly game. Oh, we can talk about it. So I wanted to, I, we had wanted to ask you a little bit about this team now. Yeah. Because you've been analyzing them, and you're yeah. going to be. Mm-hmm. And we can't – we don't have time to go through a bunch. So let's just do this. Can you give us a guy that you've seen maybe on practice or in the game that, that stands out to you? Somebody we should Vita know Vea. more about. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's hurt. But before that, Vernon, Vernon Hargraves having the best camp I've I've seen him. He just looks fluid. Um, secondary uh, in general, I think they're young and and they're hungry. Uh, I'm 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 not going to say I'm not worried about them, uh, but they're young and hungry. And uh, there, there's the competition in there is going to rise uh, everybody's level of play, and, and I and I like that about it. I mean, we have a deep wide receiver core. You know that. That's where our strength is. Tight end as well. Um, if there's a guy, if there's one guy, I mean, the one guy I keep saying, I said it in the broadcast um, uh, um, Friday, uh, this kid Devin White is a special player, man. He's got some things to learn. He's got some run gap uh, miscues and some things that the learning, the, the, put it this way, the bell curve is going to be pretty flat with him. He's not going to have to climb it very high because hmm. he's he is a special player and he's mature beyond his years and it's uh it's going to be awesome to watch him grow into this role and you actually All see right. something that buck fans can be excited about Absolutely. And, and we've gone well, done these you guys, you guys know this the yeah. best thing about this football team right now is that there's so many young guys that are going to have to play yeah when you have that just like you know not when you not guys dissimilar grew up together, not you know. dissimilar to the way we grew up you have a bunch of young young guys owning a defense it, it tur- it's going to turn into a great unit well, thank you. Thank that you. was one question oh, we got fun. the whole team analyzed. Yeah, that's yeah, a pro for you. Right if you want another guy, I keep I keep saying this, and I wrote I actually wrote a note about it today because I was watching practice Phil. I did not have high expectations for Carl Nassib. I did not. Why? Because I, I didn't know what he was as a player, and he looked kind of gangly. Didn't look the part. But I, every time I put the film on, I'm like, this guy's a good football player, and he's getting better. Oh, good. So well, okay, well let's right. not follow up on that because we need to get I, him out of here. Relax. Hey, listen, the more we talk to Rondi, the, the less, less I have to talk to you. The less work y'all have to do. <laughs> hey, thank you and congratulations. Oh, We're all looking Scott, forward thank to you, man. September twenty second. Yeah, I was just going to say, don't forget, get yeah, your tickets get now. Your tickets come out and see that Ring of Honor. Yep. All right. Cheers, guys. The Salty Dogs. And here we are again on the Salty Dogs segment three. That's when we get to your questions. I know. After segment two, I'm done. After talking with Rhonda, I'm, well, I'm good to go. Is we joke about it. You could do an entire hour-long oh. podcast where you broke down that Philadelphia game. And if you happen to have Rhonda sitting there, it would be so easy because he could give you all the inside stuff. You know, we were I was thinking about all – I mentioned it that I had I'd known Claudia before I had met Rhonda. And then when he got into the league, at that time I was – 
running a sports station. And I talked to him about doing a call-in, and we paid him $500 a week to do this call-in. Nice. Yeah, and he he remembers it that, you know, yeah. and, we, and that's kind of how we became, you know, got nice. to know each other and, yeah. and through the years. And with Ron Day, I can sit anywhere. We were uh, we were in a production meeting last week uh, with him, and it's it's just like it's like just sitting around talking. It's not you know those questions where somebody will ask you if you could have dinner a dinner party mm-hmm. with five people mm-hmm. who would you uh, from any time in history who would you invite? Well, I would. If you're a Bucks fan, not yeah. you, because yeah. You, but if you were a Bucks fan, I would put Ronnie Barber on your list because oh, I'd, I'd he's do. So easy to talk to and relate to. And I do have great stories. I do Barber, Lynch. This is just a Bucks one. Brooks. So you just want that team. And all stock. All stock, yeah. And you talk about having a good time. <laughs> that sounds like a ring of honor right there. How about that? Um, so, yeah. Uh, good Rondé's stuff. great. He's now been, he's now a two-time guest, and we do appreciate when, mm-hmm. he, when he helps us out by coming on. Great guy. So, we have questions from fans. Good. And I teased that one about the kicker, so let me, yeah. let me get to that one first. Yeah, okay. Um, Hi, salty gents. Mm. This is John. I was born and raised in Tampa, now living in Atlanta, and love listening to the salty dogs on my drive to work while battling the Atlanta traffic. Oh, man, he's there a long time. Yeah, he, he could probably listen to, like, several episodes. Right. Because I, I was recently driving through Atlanta, and that traffic is murderous. Yeah. You it crawl is, through Atlanta. Uh, and there's drive. so many different... Even when you have Google Maps on, there's mm-hmm. so many different ways that the highways twist and branch it, off. And It's the only city that you go through that's always under construction. The highways <laughs> are always trying to improve. You think you think that you're gonna go, you're gonna get around it by going around like the 475s yeah. or whatever, sure. but those are packed too. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's the worst. So anyway, here's my question. Sure. With the kicking woes of the last few seasons and the tough competition for the kicker spot going in in camp, is there any scenario in which the Bucks choose to keep both? Matt Gay and Cairo Santos. Before you say no, for say no chance. Here's my case. Okay, this is him. Kicker is one of the mo- number one. Kicker is one of the most important positions on the field, and even on this podcast, there's been mention of a game-changing missed kicks from last year. Number two, Gay has prized long-distance leg, which may be enough alone to win the job, but he is more high-risk, high-reward since he is unproven and has already missed extra points in camp. Just one or two. So hypothetically speaking, if Gay wins the job purely on his long strike ability, then Cairo, who has proven consistency, at least on shorter kicks, this is a long question, could step in if things take a turn for the worst, as they did with Aguayo, Folk, and Catanzaro. Number three, or we could use Gay only for long kicks, where Cairo's performance begins to fade and use Cairo for everything in closer or some other combination. I didn't get that last part. Is there any record of the Bucks or any other team, for that matter, keeping two kickers on the roster or even one on the practice squad? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's a long question, so I'm going to stop there. But, John, thank you. It's not a terrible question, Jeff. No. It it, it seems so in the face because 53 spots on the roster. Plus, you, you also have to understand you're using two of your 46 spots Correct. on a kicker if you're going to try this Game long, day. short combination. Be- because 53 are on the roster, but only... 46. Se- I know. think that's an even bigger problem than two on the 53 is two on game day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, oh, you know, he does mention here, he says... Maybe he doesn't. Maybe that's a different question. I mean, I mean, the the biggest thing about it is if the problem is you just can't carry it because of, you know you're limited in number of people. And now, unless unless Gay can punt too, 
Okay, so then you have a punter. That's long, been done. And that's been done. Uh, there before. was an Atlanta guy. There was a guy, I can't think of his name now. It was before mm-hmm. their current, or well, the, the pair they had a long time. I don't think Matt Bryant's there anymore, but mm-hmm. they have Matt Bryant and Matt Bosher as their punter kicker forever. But before that, and I'm blanking on the name, but they had a punter who they would use for long distance mm-hmm. field goals. So that's the thing that's been done. And I did a little searching around and found a few teams that have had two kickers on the active roster during the regular season for a short period of time. But that's generally been because one of them was hurt. Right. And so you didn't know leading into game day if the other one was going to be ready. Or you knew he's on, your good kicker was only going to be out a week or two, so you, you have this other guy in to cover it. But I don't. I did not find an example of this, have two, kicker, two place kickers only, one is for long distance and one is for short. If you talk about, you know, a player doing two positions, you go back to the 70s and the Oakland Raiders, George Blanda was a quarterback, and he would also right. kick winning field goals he, a, after he was a quarterback. Right. He has a bajillion career points, doesn't yes, he? Yes, yes. like up there in the scoring mm-hmm. reference. Mm-hmm. He, so yeah. it's not it, – the question's not so crazy, but the problem is, is just you're, you're limited and, and you can't – No coach these days is going to devote no. two of their 53 spots to No. That. Because part of the issue is the game has become very specialized. So mm-hmm. you have um, nickel corners and you have guys who are just punt returners and, and you have guys who are just situational pass rushers. And so to devote two spots to the exact same task is not likely. And furthermore, specifically here, yes, we have told you uh, at practice and coaches have told you that uh, that um, Gay's missed an extra point or two. Mm-hmm. But it's not like he's been wildly inconsistent. No. He's missed a couple of those. Right. It's basically been put out there in contrast, like, wow, he kicked a 65-yarder, but that day he also missed an extra point. We can't have that, right? Right. But he generally, when they start kicking and, and they, they get eight or ten kicks in their, in their day, they usually start at, like, 34. Yeah, they start with just, the extra point and, and then move just back. back. And yeah. he's made most of those, too. They, th- Matt Gay is not a guy that can just drill it from 55 and is going to miss everything from 30. That's not what we got here. And it all changed, too, because an extra point, is thirty three now? Yeah, erase your head about what a you know you what an extra point was, used yeah. to be. I like, well, that's a gimme. That's an extra point. No, it, it's a thirty three yard yeah. field goal. It you only get missed. one point for yes. it. So, the, in that aspect, yes. But the, the thing about Matt's kicking is that when he's been good, which has been almost every mm-hmm. time, is that he kicks it very far and straight with not a whole lot of what looks like extra effort. So there's no reason why that kick he made from fifty five, he would not be able to do the exact same motion and have it be good from thirty. It might just go over the net and mm-hmm. hit some guy in the upper deck mm-hmm. that's all i what, what amazes me though i have never heard a kicker hit the ball that goes boom every time and i i, I would true i would like to uh, maybe we'll talk to our video department to put a camera on the ball itself and, and see then if like see if see if it bends in slow motion, in like, slow motion yeah. to see how much <laughs> yeah. you know would it be deflates as it get, goes it wouldn't the, deflate it would just well, if it goes in, what would that be? Just curving in. Curving in. Being okay. pushed in. But, okay. But there's the, still the same amount of mass I think that would, in there. I mean, because it, it is unbelievable, the, the noise. Yeah, it, it must it must be contouring the football at the moment. Yes. It's hitting contouring foot. the football. I'm contouring saying bend, and football. you're contouring. Okay. Ronnie Barber, in his press conference today, said dais yes. and facade <sighs> within like 10 seconds of each other. That was pretty impressive. That's a very nice vocabulary. All right, next question. From Jackie in Orlando. I think these are all people that have never sent us one before, so well, I like that's it. good. Hi, Jackie. Big fan of the podcast. Thank you. And decided to finally write in. As a Buccaneers fan, it is difficult to find anyone who doesn't hate James completely or defend him no matter what. So what she's saying is mm-hmm. everybody's very polarized on right. James Winston. I don't it's think fair. that's true, but um, 
I see your point. Mm-hmm. So I have to ask, being as objective as possible, what is James's long-term value as an NFL quarterback? Bear in mind that I'm writing this game before our first preseason game, but with everything I've seen, I find it harder and harder to see the guy as our long-term solution, no matter how this season turns out. Just looking for a balanced perspective. Hope we can give that. Thanks for the great show. I look forward to listening to you all the rest of the season. Um, I don't understand in here the part about from everything I've seen, she's finding it hard. I guess Jackie could be either a a woman or a man. Mm -hmm. He or she is finding it harder and harder to see, to see him as a long-term solution. Cause it seems to me like things have been getting better. Well, yes, but you also look at it as his fifth year. And in fairness, um, most people would think um, that he would have progressed further along than he has. Now he's had some setbacks because of injuries, um, then his suspension. suspension. So you have to take those into account. Um, I think the, I think the jury is out. I think that's why you pick up his option. Where, which they did, which right? they did his fifth year. Mm-hmm. This is a year with a head coach that is supposed to be a quarterback whisperer. Mm-hmm. And so uh, for him personally, uh, he will be in the league no, no matter what happens. I think the difference will be, is it a $100 million, $120 million deal, or is it another one-year deal somewhere for $20 million? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think this is a big year for him, and he knows it, and he's working really hard at it. I think everybody would like – um, their undra- their drafted quarterback to be an instant star mm-hmm. in on a winning team like Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. but that doesn't happen all the time. Well, no, because most you, guys take a little while. Yeah, and you and it depends on what you have around the team too. That's true. You know, now, and, and so in fairness, in you know, I I can you can go both ways, but they wanted. In my opinion, is this year is going to yeah, this is that's set the, the point. That's, that's the part that I'm not yeah. that I'm not agreeing with with this question. Although I do appreciate the. Uh, the you know, the thoughtfulness of mm-hmm. it is um, why it's imp- why it's so hard to see the scenario of it working out. But I'll give you that well, you can be anti-Jameis or anti-the-quarterback yes. or whatever team right. you root for. I'll give you you can be that. You can right. have people just, this isn't going to... I know people who are Dallas fans who mm-hmm. cannot stand Dak Prescott and mm-hmm. don't want them to pay him, mm-hmm. and other ones who love him and, like, look at his winning record. Mm-hmm. We, this guy's great. That happens on every team, okay? So I can understand that, but I don't understand why it's so hard to to um, at least logically look at this situation and go, well, if Jameis does take a step forward, which basically for him would mean cutting down on the turnovers because yes. everything else is there. So if Jameis takes another step forward, a significant step forward, and is, is closer to being like a top 10 quarterback in the league, then why is it so hard to see that the Buccaneers would be interested in making mm-hmm. this more of a long-term commitment? Well, I think, I think Jackie is giving us their opinion that, that they, they don't, don't believe happen. so, but that's how they that's feel, fair, and fair. then they want to know how we unbiasedly I'm, yeah, I th- go I'm along with it. I'm trying to be balanced here. I'm yeah. not telling you I know that James is no. going to take a step forward. He looked good down the stretch, and <clears throat> Fitz was talking today about how he felt James was really good down the stretch and had taken a step yes. forward in his career. Yes. Then. And he's a guy that would know. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, is... You know, you form your opinion from the past, but we can't predict the future. And just because what developed in the past doesn't mean it's going to happen in the future. Yeah. You hope, and this is the year. And I guess our last salty dogs will mark this down, and we'll be able to give you a definitive okay. answer. Yeah, Jackie. because if he if he has a very good year, and you want to make a long term commitment, you probably start working on yep. that. No question. Before, before sooner rather than later. Yeah. One you more hope question, so. Jeff. All right. You got time? Yeah, sure. Hey, Scott and Jeff, I was wondering. 
who the emergency third quarterback will be on game days now that Adam Humphreys is gone, mm-hmm. assuming we don't have three active Q- QBs, which would be to Scott's detest. Love the show. Keeps me connected to Tampa. This is Chris, who says he was born in St. Joe's, right over here. Okay. He was a former student advisor. Remember when we used to have the student yes, advisory board? Yeah, great. Former student advisory board member and currently lives in Orange County, California. Oh, lucky dog. Beautiful Sounds out like there. Sounds like a good, fun life. Yeah, south of L.A. Tampa nice. and yeah. California. California. Orange so, County. So, so to be SoCal. clear to, <laughs> to be clear anybody, anybody that doesn't quite understand Chris's question, you'd normally carry two quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You carry either two or three on the 53-man roster, but since they did away with the inactive third quarterback rule, your third quarterback is is almost always inactive. Mm-hmm. And you go into the game with two, and if the first one gets hurt, you have to go to the second one. And if the second one gets hurt, what are you going to do? Right. That's when you have a guy on your roster who's like, if we have to have somebody to yes. turn around, turn and, around and, do something. and maybe throw a quick slant, who's it going to be? And, it, it, and he's right. It was Adam Humphreys who would have. That virtually never happens, yet every team prepares for mm-hmm. it. Um, who would it be? Well, I wasn't, I have, I've only had a little time. I just started looking at this yesterday to try and I, I asked around a little bit, but didn't find a good answer. I will continue to do so. But, um, one guy that I would throw out there if he makes the team is Tanner Hudson. Well, he was a quarterback in high school. In college. college, He got, he got Southern Arkansas. Well, he first got, he first signed with Memphis to be a play quarterback. Uh And then he later transferred to Southern Arkansas. Okay. And when he transferred um, they brought him in to be a quarterback still. He was a quarterback and a punter in high school. And then he got to Southern Arkansas, and they had a senior who kept the job, mm-hmm. and he wanted to get on the field. He'd already used his red shirt at Memphis, so he wanted to get on the field somehow, and they they put him at wide receiver. And then he started to get bigger, and he became a mismatch tight, yeah. at tight end, and that's how that happened, and wow. that's how he's now a tight end. But you'd have to think he has at least some decent quarterback yeah. skills. Well, yeah, you would think, right? Yeah, I mean, first yeah, he, has, good to, call. First good he call. has to make the team, but that seems like Boy, a that's a tough position, It's too. usually a receiver. It's usually a guy who mm-hmm. in, in high school had played quarterback, but they get to college and they're not yeah. a quarterback, they're a receiver. That's why, you know, it was an Adam Humphrey's job last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, but maybe uh, – I don't know. I can't think of another one. Yeah, so you it's w- probably a receiver, like a Chris Godwin. Yeah. Would you put it past Chris, Chris Godwin being able to throw a spiral? No. He, he'd probably be able to do Well, that. I think you know, um, Mike Evans can throw a spiral. Yeah, but then again, you really you want would, those guys staying well, that receiver. Well, that was my next thing. You, yeah. don't want, you don't want to take them out of the out of the equation. Maybe your punter. I don't know if Bradley Pinion throws the ball. Sometimes punters can throw the ball mm-hmm. well. Remember our Super Bowl punter, Tom Tupa, yeah. had previously been a quarterback yes. slash punter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, so, maybe that. Yeah, we'll look into that. Maybe that's a question we'll ask. Pat I don't understand. And, uh, Bruce yeah, Arians. I've been that's, trying that's a, to find a that. That's, that would be a good question. Yeah, it's not a question I want to ask during his press conference. No, so I've been no. hoping. I've been waiting it's for a time when we're just chatting. Kind of right? like at lunch if you see right. him and happen hey, by to. The way, hey, or Byron Leftwich or Clyde Christian. Oh, there you go, Clyde. Well, Clyde. we we know Clyde really really well, yeah. and and Byron too because he was here. The All part. Right. The only part I don't understand about this question is mm-hmm. when he says, "Assuming we don't have three active QBs, which would be to Scott's detest." It, yeah. What I don't understand is he saying I would be against having because I would. Yeah. But everybody'd be against that. Yeah. Maybe he's talking about three. I think he means three quarterbacks on the fifty-three man roster, mm-hmm. and I will admit that I would prefer we go in with two, just because mm-hmm. I'd like to have that roster spot. Sure. Your third quarterback. I mean, he's Jeff, a guy that Brian you Griffin's think, been the guy for four years, and yeah. he's never played. So yeah. what, what value have we gotten out of that position? Well, It's insurance. Inf- yes, it's insurance. And, um, I, I, you know, I, I look at Ryan Griffin, and I think he's never gotten his chance, and maybe it, you know, it goes somewhere else. You know, he's never had his chance on the field. 
he played really well against Pittsburgh. I mean, he had 300-some yards. He did, with a bunch and, of and, uh, third stringers rotating in around him. And, having, and, and getting that type of stuff on – on film good. is going to help him yeah. if, if things don't work here. Not saying one way or the other if I know this, but I'm just, you know, uh, preseason, it does matter. You know, put something on tape yeah. because every team is looking for something. We're looking for something. Yeah, at some position. Yes. Uh, if Ryan Griffin does make the team and we do keep three quarterbacks, though, you know, unless he beats out Blaine Gabbard to be the second one, he's probably the third quarterback again. Mm-hmm. So he's right back where he's been right. the last four years. And right. So maybe you're right. Maybe it's a nice. Play. It's a nice living, though. Well, yeah, but you know these guys. Oh, he wants he, to he play. Wants to no play. question. There's no doubt. No question. No question. All right, Jeff. Uh, it was We've fun. Gone long. Yeah, it but was that's okay. Yeah, it'll give that guy driving Atlanta traffic. There you go. And drive okay. safe. No be texting. <laughs> Keep your seatbelt on. And uh, headlights re- on when it's raining. Remember um, that you can send questions to us at Salty Dogs. Salty Dogs at Buccaneers.nfl.com. Don't forget the NFL part in the middle. Um, and you can tweet them at us if you want, or at me. Um, just maybe. Make sure you say Salty, salty Dogs. Do- yeah, yes. hashtag it or something. Because so. he'll use it for his other stuff. <laughs> so, uh, but the best way is to email them in, and it also allows you to kind of flush it out like these people have with these kind of questions. All right, very good. Well, hey, since you did, thanks for listening.